0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So a disclaimer as we start this podcast. I will likely go back and forth from mom to mama, okay? Just, I remember calling her mama as I've gotten older and I tell stories about her. It's usually mom or my mom. So, just again, we'll go back and forth probably as I share the story about mama. So, she smoked like a chimney. Doggone it. I mean, I still remember being picked up on those cold, rainy November days in grade school. Fourth and fifth and sixth grade, in the back of that I think green Chevy Nova, <laughs> and no, no kidding. Walking, sitting, entering into the back seat in a in the in the cloud, not of glory, <laughs> in in the cloud of whatever. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what brand she smoked. Um, maybe Winston. Um, I can't remember. But anyway. I just know she smoked like a chimney. Oh my gosh. Literally, it was raining and cold. And I still remember in the back seat, rolling the window down at the risk of being yelled at by Mama. roll that window up. It's raining. It's cold. And I'm thinking I'm dying. (laughs) Too much smoke. So I don't know. I'm 59 years old. I think in pretty good health. I don't know what secondhand smoke does to you, but... Just pray. Everybody just pray right now that uh, I'll be safe from secondhand smoke. All right. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, again, and smoking then different, I think, than smoking today. I just, not as much of a stigma maybe. I don't even know if stigma is the right word. I know smoking today has a lot of uh, warnings. And back in the day, it was almost cool. I puffed one cigarette one time, one puff. So just, I've drank, I've drank one beer in my whole life. And it was when I was six or seven years old, good, bad, or ugly. It was my, my daddy, we we're sitting down. I do remember that brand. It was old Milwaukee. And my daddy uh, shoved that, just slid that can of old Milwaukee, popped the tab and slid it across the table, said, here, drink it boy. And made me down the whole thing. It was the most putrid, <laughs> horrible thing I've ever tasted. And to this day, I cannot stand the taste of beer. So his job, well done. Uh, again, maybe a little bit unorthodox methods, right? And we might say, eh, what was he doing? Well, what he was doing was making sure I would not drink beer because he did not want me to be, uh, a, um, unfortunately, uh, addicted to alcohol as he ha- as he was. He should have done that with Jack Daniels or whiskey. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole different podcast In a, during my college years. So smoking, I, I took a puff, one puff, and that was it. And I think, I want to say 12, 13, maybe 14, something like that. And it was just, I coughed and I thought, yep, this is what I remembered when I was in the Chevy. I was at, held prisoner and hostage in that Chevy Nova on those rainy, cold November days, afternoons after being picked up, walking into the cloud, not of glory. So, so never did smoke, but Mama did, like a yep chimney. So that's we believe how she was, uh, how she was diagnosed with emphysema because of all the, the smoking she had done for years and years and years and years. And years. Uh, my daddy died some of you, some i think some of you know the story I, I don't know if i've shared the story again maybe a podcast for another time he died very suddenly uh, he had a, a blockage in the carotid artery and they did surgery i think that same day that he had uh, that he had an issue there that morning i think it was a tuesday morning in my kitchen getting ready for school and i was 15 years old i believe and uh, they did surgery i want to say that same day or awful close to that but he uh, he passed away Uh, he did not survive the surgery. So again, in, in my experience, I've lost a parent suddenly and I've lost a parent slowly and anguishingly. Um, yeah, anguishingly slow and suffering, just a lot of suffering watching my mama go through it. And uh, near the end of her life, I was blessed. I was not a Christian until I was 33, 34 years old. Most of you know that story. Uh, Mom and I, 1997, mom died in January of 2000. So uh, we had about two plus years, almost three years of a reconciled relationship. It, not that the relationship was horrible, but it wasn't great. I, I don't know how great any non-Christian can have with any other person uh, in, the eyes of the king, in, in the eyes of God and in the, uh, in the eyes of the kingdom. So we didn't have any major rifts. We didn't have any major um, I think reconciliation moments. There were some hurts, and one of those hurts actually was over smoking. Pam and I were uh, expecting Taylor, uh, our first, uh, our first child, and this is he's 30, he's 29 years old, so 29 almost 30 years ago. And the first time we had stayed while Pam was pregnant with Taylor, the first time we stayed with Mom, well, we stayed upstairs in my old bedroom, but guess what? <laughs> Smoke rises, right? And she still smoked like a chimney, and so Pam had never been around secondhand smoke, so we stayed up, I want to say two nights. We, we lived in Michigan at the time, so at least two nights, maybe three. On the way home, I, I think I remember having to take her to the emergency room. Here's my wife, what, three months pregnant, four, whatever it is, four months pregnant, and she had gotten just this real bad respiratory infection just from breathing that smoke. So we had to go to the emergency room on the way home from Michigan. So, I had vowed if we as we visit again we we couldn't do that not to Taylor, not to Pam, but also not to Taylor, because by the time we visited her again he would be he would have been born so oh my gosh the yeah, it was a painful moment, uh, probably my fault I did not prep her well. We came in for a visit maybe a year later or so, and um, Taylor was born and again less than a year old, but I had decided I just couldn't. Keep Pam and Olivia, or I'm sorry, Pam and Taylor, in that environment. So should have told, should have texted her. There's no texting, but I should have called her and said, "Hey, mom, we're going to be staying in the hotel." I didn't until, and I'm, I'm sure I was a little chicken. <laughs> so again, was not a Christian, but was hoping somehow or another she would magically be okay with company coming in and not staying at the house. Well. If you know anything about uh, that generation, that's not going to fly well. Just didn't go over well. Very much hurt feelings, and, and I think that kind of lingered for a long time. But that got reconciled, and so, again, fast forward, 1997, I'm born again. Her emphysema and her need for oxygen increased, of course, and we there were a couple of times we had moved her out of the house. One time, specifically, we'd moved her out of the house we moved her to my brother's basement. Uh, my brother Brad, he did a yeoman's work of trying to turn that basement into some living quarters for mom. It didn't work well, so mom, very shortly after, just I think it's just a few weeks, returned back to 314 Helm Street, where we lived. And she lived by herself for the most part, but I remember all of us took some turns. Now, at the time, after being born again, I was in seminary at Asbury. Pam and I were in Mount Olivet, Kentucky, with now two kids. Taylor and Merritt, Olivia was yet to be born, but we had, uh, it was about an hour, maybe two hours away from E-Town, and I took some turns with my sister and and, uh, Michael, my brother, and I think Brad, I can't remember all who all participated, but I know I wanted to take turns in taking care of Mama. So we would, uh, I would come in on a Friday and stay through, I think, Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember now uh, the, the 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 schedule, but I stayed as often as I could. I remember singing hymns to her. I remember reading scriptures, especially Psalms to her. She loved Psalm, I think it was 77, 72 or 77 was one of her favorites. And I also remember diapers. Um, I remember taking care of mom when she was sick. And also, you know, what happens with emphysema is the oxygen doesn't flow well, right? And so she started not having great memory, and in fact, it got really, really painful because she started having um, uh, issues remembering even who some of us were, and then started accusing us, and maybe that was lack of oxygen, maybe that was medicine. Um, Anybody knows of uh, taking care of aging parents, and I can hear a lot of people say amen right now. I know a lot of people right now dealing with it right now. Uh, it just gets harder and harder and because obviously they, uh, your parents begin to decline sharper and sharper. So uh, many trips to the hospital, uh, many different things um, that we are that we were dealing with and, and, and trying to work with. And it didn't help that she thought we stole um, things from her house or stole things from her purse, and jewelry or money. So things got pretty bad um, around November of 1999 that just happened to be when olivia was born Uh, olivia's birthday is 11 12 99 for those who want to send her a card or money (laughs) so she mom uh, started declining she actually we believe maybe had a little bit of a stroke we're not sure but she had a pretty rough november into early december one of my prayers in fact it was a three-part prayer uh, lord it would be great Selfishly, maybe that mom would make it to one more Christmas About a month away. It would be great if mom somehow or another um, Was able to hold Olivia who had just been born November the 12th But this I, I knew I know now that she was in the hospital at that time because she hadn't held Olivia yet her her other grandchild her, 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 her newest grandchild and third Lord it'd be really good if my mama finally found peace in the midst of all the bitterness and all the hurt and all the anger that she had held for a long, 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 long time. Well, early, early December, she slipped into a kind of a coma. Um, a, um, you know, it was probably at least a week, I think it was. And they said, you know, we just don't know, you know, well, she came out of it. Not only did she come out of it, friends, she came out of it gloriously. I mean, she was different. She was a different woman. She was actually happier. She seemed almost joyful. And you just have to know my mama as wonderful mama, incredible mama. But um, we, we kind of joke that there's like one picture in all her life that she, we ca- actually caught her smiling. <laughs> so she was very serious at times and her face reflected sometimes her personality. But um, again, a wonderful mama. So she, um, but she recovered, And finally, one time I was sitting there and we were talking about the funeral, actually, that might come. And she actually told me, she said, you know, Timmy, I want to ask you three things. Um, Can can you, would you be able to do the funeral? I said, well, yeah. But she said, can I ask you three things? I said, sure. Can you do it without crying? (laughs) I said, mama, move on to number two because number one's a bust. No, I'm not going to be able to do it without crying. Number two. Can you keep it short? (laughs) I hear the chuckling in the background. I'm thinking, I'm a preacher. I like to talk. And number three, can you make it about Jesus, not about me? Mama, we got a deal on number three. We got a deal on number three. And the reason she asked me that was because she told me that while she was in that coma, while she was unconscious, she saw someone standing at the foot of her bed. And all she heard from that person standing at the foot of the bed was, Christine, if you don't give up your bitterness, you're going to die. And she remembers kind of saying, I want to, I just don't know how. And I think the next voice basically said, "Um, um, trust me. And that was all she remembers. She woke up, she said, feeling light. She felt free. That's what she told me, in the, in the hospital room one, that one day. And um, so guess what? She found peace. Guess what? We've got pictures. Now she was in the hospital, but we have pictures on Christmas morning. She made it to Christmas. Guess what? We got pictures of her holding. Yep. Olivia, three prayers, three answer to prayers. Praise be to God. She, um, shortly after that, she declined rapidly. Um, and she died uh, in in uh, late January of, of 2000, just about, really about three weeks after Christmas. So she rebounded by the grace and, and uh, mercy of God, I think, just for those three answers to prayer. I think God being so graceful and so merciful and so loving, he answered those three prayers. And uh, I'll never ever forget that, uh, that time, those three weeks or so that we were able to spend with mama. Um, so that's the first part of the story as Paul Harvey would say the rest of the story. There's a lot of suffering with mama, a lot of suffering with mama. After she passed, did the funeral, I cried. I preached maybe too long, but I sure made it about Jesus as best as I could. Afterwards, you know, all the kids, I'm the baby of six. My twin sister beats me by five minutes, right? We all decided to stay at the house, 314 Helm Street. I think it was about a week. So Joanne, Linda, Brad, Michael, me, and Pam were all there. And we had perhaps one of the best times I remember going through mama's stuff going through the stuff in the kitchen going through uh, all the uh, knickknacks and going through all the uh, paraphernalia and all the stuff that she had kept and hidden and just everything it's just amazing we laughed until our sides hurt we cried and at the end of it we 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 kind of we picked what we would take home with us we kind of felt like, I mean, I guess if you would say it, we were heirs of mom's estate. Romans 8, 17. 17 and 18, Romans 8. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Come on. But if we are to share his glory, mm, mm, somebody said, mm, we must also share in his suffering. It'd be really good if, if we could stop at the middle of verse 17, but, but it doesn't. Um, there's no way to share in God's glory, friends, without sharing in that suffering. And this whole old world is full of suffering. You don't have to have emphysema to suffer. Now, emphysema, I think, is a horrible, horrible disease. And, um, it, it, it probably was about an eight to 10 year process of mama dying. But in the last year was just horrendous, you know, in and out of hospitals all the time. But at the end of that moment, you know, um, we, we got to actually sit together and go through mama's stuff. And I still remember, I think that was the day I got the marbles. And I've told many a story. I've preached many a sermon, Emmaus walks and, and all kinds of things about those, those marbles. So I don't know, some of you might remember. Yep, I remember that marble story. And those were those are the marbles that fell down the 13 flight of wooden stairs, landed in a linoleum uh, landing, and started ricocheting all over the, the floor down there. When Mama had said, I'm going to take a nap, please be quiet, <laughs> Pam and I thought we were dead. And there was grace, grace, marvelous grace that she extended. She had heard every marble, she said, but she decided not to punish us. So picture of grace right there, right? Um, but, and so many things, and we just laughed, like I said, the uh, siblings, me and my brothers and sisters laughed and laughed and cried and cried. And it was healing. It was It was so um, healing, because we were sharing in, in kind of mom's kingdom, if you will. Now listen, Mama was a great woman, and I loved my mama so deeply. But her kingdom does not hold a candle or a marble to God's kingdom. How much more, friends, how much more will we share in His kingdom? How much more will we sit and, 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 and the kingdom be divested to each one of us? How much more will we be able to share? I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But it's good when I do try to imagine. It is good when, when I try to imagine what it will be like when we receive the, the 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 spoils of of our battle here the rewards of our journey here how good it will be friends when we inherit the kingdom we'll come back to that but verse 18 yet what we suffer now so so he ends uh Paul ends with verse 17 but if we are to share his glory we must also share his sufferings and so just understand that we understand that, that glory does not come. It's a two-sided coin. There cannot be, you know, take a quarter and rub off one side of the quarter. Honestly, that quarter is now useless. So the coin has to have two imprints, visible imprints to be valuable. And so there has to be, we're, gonna, we're going to receive the glory of God. We're going to walk in that glory cloud. We're going to encounter the glory of God when, as we put our faith in Christ, as we live in this old, beaten down, broken down world. But in this beaten down, broken down world, there will be suffering. There will be. I'm still amazed, and and, and, and I, I'm convicted myself. Um, we're still. I'm still amazed that people who say, "I just didn't expect this much suffering." Um, personal moment, you know, Pam and I have gone through a, a, a kind of a trial season of our lives this summer. It's not been the best summer of our lives. And um, one of my dear friends, Kara Bussabarger, she went through a, a, the beginning part of this year has been just so hard. One of my dear, dear friends here at the church, Teresa Blight, all of a sudden is just like the last few weeks and months, things have just like, as she says, the wheels have fallen off, you know, and they're suffering. And I could go on and on. There's a lot of suffering in this world. And, and I wish there weren't. But I think some part of that suffering um, keeps us longing for a place where there is none, right? Um, I, I think if everything went really well here all the time, would we want to leave? No. And, and I, I do know this. The more that I've suffered these last few months at times, um, and again, we don't. one thing that we don't try to do is compare suffering. Uh, I, I know a lot of us say, well, somebody's suffering a lot more than I am. or, But I don't think that's wise. I really don't. I, I don't think that's healthy. Um, Your suffering is your suffering. And it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, I was a saying when I went into ministry, there is no such such thing as a minor surgery unless it's not happening to you. And so I was told very early on when I would be a pastor and making hospital calls, never say something about, Oh, well, you, so you had minor surgery. It's not minor unless, unless it's not happening to you, then you can call it minor. But so we can't assume that my suffering, your suffering is comparable. So, But what he says at the, verse 18, whatever we're suffering is not comparable to the glory that he will reveal to us later. And that is the promise of all promises. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. We are forgiven east from and west. That's how far our sins are from us. We walk in the power, and the per, by the, in the person, in the intimacy and the power of a Holy Spirit. So we have, a, we have authority here and we can walk to represent Christ here in this whole world. And we have a home. The greatest, I think most encouraging, most hope-filled promise of all promises, this world full of suffering and pain is not going to last for us as Christians. We have a place, we have a home, we have a glory that will be revealed. And so this suffering that we encounter here, I really do believe it kind of wets our appetite. Now, is it, is it easy to remember that in the midst of suffering? It is not. Watching mama suffer was just break, heartbreaking. I, I still remember being at her bedside when, uh, when the, all the machines were taken off. She'd, she had breathed her last. And I just remember bawling my eyes out, and uh, I was glad for her because I knew that she had made some recon- reconcil- reconciling work. Some God had done something with her, and there's a reconciliatory work that God had done in her life um, uh, at that moment. So I knew that she was with Jesus. But oh my gosh, the grief that poured out of me, the tears that poured out. I was by her bed. I don't know how long. I think my brothers were a little scared. Is he okay? Uh, But so the suffering is not good. The suffering is not fun. The suffering is not uh, we don't pray for suffering. We're just going to get it because we live in this whole world. But the suffering cannot compare to the glory that will be revealed. Why? Because we're heirs. We're heirs. I'm sitting at that dining room table going through all of mama's knickknacks and stuff. And we're having fun and laughing and, and healing. How much more? Will the kingdom of God be given out to the children of God? How much better will it be when we walk into the full airship, if you will? We will receive the full inheritance as children of God. Before we do, there will be suffering. But the suffering does not compare to the glory. Be encouraged as you continue to walk through suffering. And keep your eye on the inheritance and on the glory of God. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Frimmer's Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.